Hey, everybody. We've got a bonus episode for you here, and this is exciting. Uh, Joe Stark and I were privileged enough to talk with Declan Shalvey from comic book fame. I mean, this guy has done Moon Knight with Warren Ellis, uh, X-Men Unlimited. He's done Injection and Time Before Time. Amazing comic book artist and an amazing comic book writer. And we're talking about his new book coming out in September, Old Dog. I'm going to give you a synopsis on this book. Jack Lynch was a once-promising CIA operative. On the eve of retirement, looking back at a failed career, he is tasked with one final mission that goes horribly wrong. He wakes up years later to a changed world and deeper changes within him. When a shadow group offers Lynch a second chance at a life of adventure, he's paired with the last person he could ever imagine. In order to adjust, this old dog will have to learn some new tricks. And this is its a sci-fi... It, they, it's a science fiction spy series. They call it Spy-Fi, and it's from Declan Shalvey. And Joe and I had so many questions for him about this book. We got to read the first issue. It's going to hit comic book stores September 28th, and right now is the perfect time for you to get online and reserve your copy or go to your LCS and reserve the book for yourself. That way you can make sure that you get a copy of the book. We talk about the variant covers. This is a really fun book that asks a ton of questions. And I'm telling you, like, if you're fans of, like, Ed Brubaker, Damon Lindelof, Frank Miller, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, uh, Christopher Nolan. I mean, there's so many different types of uh, different uh, influences within this book. I had so many questions after reading it, but I need answers, which is why I'm going to continue to read this book going forward. And on top of all that, Declan was an awesome guest. So, Please, everybody, check out Old Dog Number 1 from Image Comics. Like I said, hits comic book stores September 28th. And listen to this interview. It was such a joy talking with Declan. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Hello. Hey, how you doing? Hello. You find yourself. Fantastic. It's great to connect with you. Oh yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Absolutely, we're excited to talk to you. Well, that little excitement will fade fast, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, we're very excited to talk to you. Um, yeah, so excited to talk to you about your new creator-owned book, Old Dog, and uh, this just hit comic book shelves on August twenty-fourth. It's very exciting. Uh, no, sorry, actually, it, it was originally going to come out August 24th. It's out September 28th now. September 28th. Okay, I had this on my pull list, and apparently my comic book shop did not alert me that it did not go out. So, okay. Okay, that's probably my fault. I basically, I kind of needed more time because um, I was doing a lot of stuff kind of for promotion, and it totally ate into the working on the book. That's the, that's the tough thing about creator-owned comics is, like, all the promo needed takes yeah. time and making the book takes time and yeah. they both pull from each other. So, no, that was my, I asked image for a bit more time just to give me a little bit more of a, a little more uh, breathing room. 
And I mean, you're doing pretty much everything in this comic by yourself, except for the lettering. Yeah, I designed it, um, wrote it, um, colored it, and exposed through it too. Sure, why not? Um, but no lettering to hell with that. That is, uh, <laughs> that, is for, that is for fools. Um, no, uh, no, I, I actually did lettering in a creator on, on, on small press stuff back in the day, but I, I hated it. I hated it so much. And um, like I know Clayton Coles, and I go way back, so I just figured, like, why not just have somebody else do something? I, you know, yeah, just to just to just so I didn't like blow my brains out. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what I, I want—I was curious. Like, uh, I when I first read, when I first saw like some of the 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 pages and the cover and the fact that it was going to be some like like a spy thriller, I was just like, oh, okay, this is going to be like a kind of like an Ed Brubaker type comic book, with, but with Declan Shelby. And it is really, in my opinion, um, so much more because there oh, is, cool. okay. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I love Ed Brubaker. But, oh, so do I. Like, I mean, this is, this, this is, I love, I mean, I, if, if you said that, that was what the book was, I'd be like, yeah, cool, grand. Cause I, I love Ed Brubaker stuff. Um, I would say Sleeper, if you ever remember that, the yes. was Storm book. That was definitely in the DNA of this, like, um, I just love all that kind of stuff, but uh, but no, by all means, tell me how how brilliant I am. <laughs> it's what what hooked me is I'm I'm really big into science fiction, and there is definitely an element of of I feel like some some uh, maybe futuristic technology and science fiction going on within this book, and also I mean uh, it's very. Um, uh, not to dive too much into it, but it's very Nolan-esque as far as like what is actually going on in this book. It's enough cool. to keep me 100% intrigued and wanting more, but it's very like Christopher Nolan-esque as far as like um, basically you're not uh, um, giving us too much. You're spoon feeding us just enough to get us hooked. So yeah, you're like you're like a drug dealer with comic books is what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, but okay, it, I guess yeah, that's good. Uh, no, I really appreciate that because uh, you're hitting all the things. When you make something, you don't know how it's going to kind of be. You mm-hmm. know, you put out the broadcast and you don't know how it'll be received. And um, it's great to hear that because that is is what I was going for. Like, um, I love Christopher Nolan stuff. Um, I love you know Bruce Baker. Like, I wanted um, you know, I'd say like a friend of mine described it as it's a little bit kind of tennis e, but tennis didn't go down so well so i'm not going to use that in promotion um but i i i love all that stuff the kind of like really well crafted grounded work but also with a kind of a twist of an of a of a of a sci-fi element you know like uh like say inception or something like that oh yeah it's very it's a grounded action thriller but it's also things go upside down and things like that and i like i like having access to that kind of um key to the weirs when you want it because i because i really love my i love my grounded um uh crime and espionage stuff but i know especially if i'm going to be drawing something i want to be able to kind of lean it into something kind of more unusual or have an opportunity to kind of go go a bit more interesting with the visuals you know absolutely it's and and also i'll throw out another name another creator that i absolutely love um you know on the hollywood side is like damon lindelof this is very much Damon Lindelof to me as well. You're, you're hitting all... This is great. This is brilliant. Um, <laughs> I'm going to come out the end of this totally... Like, I was already dangerously egotistical, but now... Uh, um, no, that's that's brilliant, man. Because, again, I love I love uh, Lindelof stuff. Like, um, I, I, it's... 
you know, like I kind of, I would say I'm kind of going lighter on some of the sci-fi stuff just because I don't want to kind of um, uh, go too deep too much. Like I said, I think a little, like I think when I originally wrote Old Dog, I mean it was it was the story that it was, but I think I kind of sat on it for a few months and I went back to it and I just kind of hyped up the sci-fi an extra five to ten percent just because again access to more kind of interesting things that you can do in comics. There's there's a thing that happens regards the lettering at one stage in the in issue one where again that was like a you know this isn't a film this is a comic so is there something I can do to make this comic more engaging and visually interesting um um but I do kind of like my cinematic storytelling as they say um so this is that's that's great man to hear that again I I couldn't know how things are going to be received on the other end so like you're yeah. I'm so glad that's coming across well and another thing that i absolutely loved about this comic book and reading it is the fact number one that you are the writer and uh you're also the artist and there's really no disconnect as far as like the action sequences Mm -hmm. that are taking place it was very easy to follow and i have read i'm not going to name any names but i've read comics in the past where like the action is a little harder to follow and this was very like you said cinematic i it was it was very easy to follow you know there's um some great action scenes with uh, different characters. And I never felt like I was getting lost from panel to panel as to what was actually going on. It was very easy to follow. No, I mean, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like saying that I'm not describing myself as cinematic. I'm, you know, people have said it to me, so I'm just repeating them. Um, (laughs) Like when other people call me genius, I'll just repeat them. It's their, it's their word, not mine. Um, But uh, no, well, I don't know if you have, have you read the Moon Knight run I did with Warren Ellis? Yes, yes. I was a okay. huge fan of that. Oh, thanks, man. Um, and now, Joe, you can tell me how great I am. But um, I, <laughs> uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed working that book. And when we were working on Injection too, there were some elements of kind of like, you know, fight scenes. And um, I really like drawing fight scene, fight scenes, fights for choreography. And I haven't really had a chance to do it since. Um, not on any kind of superhero stuff. It's not quite, you just don't really have that kind of um, opportunity to do that type of storytelling. And everyone loved it. And I loved doing it. And I realized it had been like four years or whatever. I'm like, why have I not done this again? So that again, old dog is an excuse to do that type of stuff. And I like, um, I like, you know, having a scene, breaking it down, working out the storytelling. Like I'm not, I mean, I would say I actually, I'm quite restrained in my fight scenes. Like, I actually kind of pace it very kind of, um, like to a very specific rhythm mm-hmm. but i like to kind of tense things and expand them here and there but um I, I again this is just another opportunity for me to do more of the kind of stuff that i liked doing um and also people seem to like to read as well so it kind of seemed like a no-brainer it's like well if i like doing it other people like like it why 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 not give myself an excuse like i think yeah like there's definitely fight sequence issue two issue three i can't even remember what the hell's going on but like there's definitely yeah there's like my, my the one thing is hard to do is restrain myself from not making the whole bloody thing a fight scene. Like we did, we did that in issue five of Moon Knight. I remember Warren asked if I if, said, "How would you feel about doing a whole issue that's a fight that's a, a one long fight scene?" And I thought, "Yeah, like I'd love to do that." And I couldn't believe we got to do it in a Marvel book, you know? Yeah. Um, so now I'm having to restrain myself. I'm like, well, I can't just do that again because that would be really that would be really taking the piss. Um, but I want to make sure I'm getting in like. You know, a certain element of mood, a certain element of character development, a certain element like you not know, it's not not everything's like a James Bond set piece. You know, it's not like huge in that way. I find the more close quarters kind of like, you know, raw 
um, fight sequences. And even though he's an old man, you know, he's you know he's pretty tough and he can you know kick some serious ass. So that's um, yeah, it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, he's very capable. What can you tell us about our main character Jack Lynch that maybe we haven't seen yet? Sure. Well, <clears throat> yeah, um, I would say so. I will say stepping around, kind of um, tiptoeing around some of what I can. So I don't want to say a uh, leading what happens in the book, but we can safely say at the end of the issue, he has kind of like, let's say, Captain America esque abilities. So it's I don't want to say he's a superhero, but like he is genetically modified to some degree so that's why we can have an old man leaping across buildings and things like that because um it's really fun to draw and i needed to make it make sense somehow so um superpowers so he he basically he turned into tom cruise yes yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. Or, or if tom cruise needs to do a film in like 10 years yeah you know we're just just you know, he's a little you know, if if he hasn't killed himself during a mission impossible movie <laughs> right. um, there's still a rose left for him exactly but, um, um, but no, but Jack Lynch. Um, so when we meet Jack, we kind of see him at two different times, um, and he basically was a very capable CIA agent. But something happened during his career that benched him, and he's been behind a desk for years, and he's pretty bitter about it. Something will happen during the first issue that basically gives him a new lease on life, mm-hmm. a new lease, well, a new lease on his career life at least, and makes him very, very valuable to assert to a kind of a shadowy government agency so he basically becomes a super spy um when he was effectively written off for 20 30 years um so he's loving it because he wants back in um and the rest of the series will basically be him on various kind of missions um but he's paired with somebody who he could never have expected mm-hmm. and that that has plenty of, that will have plenty of tensions of its own as the as the story, as the book goes on let me just say that I, you know, I've I've read it in so many different stories, and sometimes it's done very well, other times not so well. Where you've got a character who has been out of the game for a long time, and now they're reluctant about getting back in, and you've got a character that's chomping at the bit to getting back in, and I love that. That makes me excited for what's going to be happening. Yeah, me too. Like, I mean, like he's got bit, he's got bitterness and regrets and things like that, but um that, yeah i think that is something that's a little bit different because normally it's like oh there's no way of going back in but like he's like yeah because he basically feels like he lost out on so much and now he's got a chance to kind of uh he's got a chance to kind of redo things over in a few different ways shall we say um but 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 you know it's 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 it's, it's kind of tough like with something like this it, I don't know if I was looking at it from the outside, like to me, like it could be just a generic like spy book and there's like an aging uh, spy. And I've seen things like that before, but I've kind of what I'm hoping is that like I'm taking certain certain kind of tropes of the spy genre and superhero genre, too, I guess. But like um, I'm just one of those people who thinks ideas aren't really that much of a big a deal. It's how they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that me doing this in working in this kind of a genre is going to be something kind of fun and, you know, different, but I I don't know. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I I don't know. I'll try my best, but like, I'm just hoping it'll be really solid, fun action storytelling. Like I, I can allow my inspiration behind her things like, um, you know, angel or the Highlander TV show, you know, um, I just really liked those kind of shows and, uh, where there was a lone, you know, a lone kind of character, and mm. something would happen each 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 week, and I, I don't know, I kind of, I don't see a lot of that these days. I know it's a little retro, I guess, but um, but um, you know, all the '90s stuff is coming back, so why not this? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I'm 
uh, oh, I had a question lined up, and now I can't think of it. What it is? I'm going to have Joe ask you something yeah, here. Yeah, jump in, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> jump in, Joe. So um, <clears throat> we briefly touched there on your your protagonist having an incident happened in the past. As this story goes along, are we going to learn a little bit more about his past? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the benefit of having an older character means that, like, he has a backstory that we won't know about, and we're definitely... I mean, the story moves forward. Um, I don't have... But, like, what I like is, like, if the book does find an audience, there's plenty of kind of, you know, backstory. I can... I can... I, I kind of... Sometimes with that stuff, you kind of less is more. You know, the less you do it, the better it is. Absolutely. Um, and for the first six issues, I don't really feel like that'll be earned. But there is definitely stuff from his past definitely comes back to to haunt him in the in the first arc. Right. Oh, tremendous. Is this going to be an ongoing series then? It's ongoing. But the way I want to do it is um, they're, I'm doing them in, I'm calling them Red Acts. So you'll see on the cover it says Red Act 1. And because I'm so pretentious, I have to come up with my own way of doing things. Um, <laughs> it's for lack of a better term, it's like a season. So I want to do six issue seasons, as it were, because I'm writing and drawing, coloring it all. I got just there's no way I can do it monthly. So my plan is to basically do six issues a year, trade a year, um, and just have a I'll have a break in between where I can just build up the next issues, and so they'll come out every month for half the year, and then the rest of the year I'll be working up on it. So I kind of, and I also want to, you know. I kind of want to build up anticipation for the next one. And I'd like it if it was kind of, I mean, there's no way this, I don't know this will happen, but it'll be really cool if like one ends and everyone's like, Oh, I can't wait for the next one. And I can build up some anticipation for the the, the next one. But, um, so it's ongoing. I have, a, I, I know exactly what I'll do for two arcs. Um, after that, it's, 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 I'd love to, I want to be like, Oh, well, it's going to go here and there, but like, I'll have to see how sales are, to be honest. Um, if they're great, then I'm going to keep going because I'm having such fun working on it. But um, I think I'm committing to 10 anyway and see how it goes. Um, my thinking was it would be three, but the more I've worked on it, I can see so much more. Like I kind of could go anywhere and do anything. You know, I can go to space if I want. I haven't <laughs> done it yet, but I'd like to, you know. Um, that's the fun. It's like it's like having your own kind of superhero book where you can just kind of do anything you want and, and every single issue would be different. So I... Uh, I can see more than 10 of those. I can see lots more, you know? So, um, yeah, hopefully it'll do brilliantly. And this is just my job for, for however long. I hope so. I, it's like the, the, the first issue asked more questions than it gave us answers. And that's what really intrigued me on this series. And you can expand upon that <laughs> through future issues and, and ask more questions. And what it sounds like to me with you taking this break is like, I'm guessing issue six is going to leave on a on a hell of a hang uh, cliffhanger. So maybe, maybe. Um, no, yeah, no, it will. <laughs> Come no, on, yeah, the way, yeah, no, the way the way six will end um, will definitely be a bit of a. Uh, it'll be an end to the arc, but it'll definitely be like, what the hell next? Um, so I kind of, um, uh, yeah, I know definitely, like you know, but th- that's the kind of fun thing of episodic storytelling. If it was a graphic novel, it would be a very different book. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole format would be different. I'd be doing it differently. But um, I uh, I think knowing, like, if the book does well, then that means I know I have this much room to play with rather than this much room to play with. And that's kind of where it is. I know I know how it ends. I know the first arc ends. I know how the story will end. It's kind of the same thing with Time Before Time. The the, the book that I'm, I'm co-writing with Roy McConville is that, like, there's 
when we did the first arc, we didn't know if the book would survive five, five issues, and it did. And we knew where we wanted to go in the end. And then we, then we, which was brilliant. We the sales were strong enough where we were able to kind of like squeeze everything we wanted to squeeze out of the idea. Whereas sometimes with the creator own book, you have all this stuff you can do, but like you can't just blow it all on the first arc because it wouldn't be a satisfying read. You know, it's it's a kind of cool thing about an ongoing book is like like for me, Old Dog has a very kind of a small B story going through it. Um, a stories where it's all that that's what's interesting but all the kind of other stuff I kind of want to see it as we go and I want to make sure I can get to the end of it as well so um, I don't know it's a bit nerve wracking but it's exciting too to be honest absolutely uh, what's it like to be in a position where you're doing the writing the and the artwork on it like how does that process differ when you're solely just the writer or solely just the artist on a book well, um, I had some practice because I did it. Um, I did it. I did. I've done a little bit at Marvel already. And if it was just me, I probably never would get the book done. If it was my own, my own original instinct to just, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like having doing work for hire stuff is great because it means you have to do it in order to get paid. So um, I, um, I've done like I did a Nick Fury serial at Marvel, and I did um, the Hulk one shot, the Hulk flatline, and uh, I just did an X Men run. And I don't worry, wrote and drew. So it was kind of um, it's. I initially was worried about writing and drawing because what I love about drawing comics from scripts is that it's like it's like a puzzle that you have to kind of figure out how to make it work visually. Some writers are very good, so it's not that hard. Other writers aren't, and it's much harder. And But no matter what, it's still a challenge. And I really like that challenge. And I was worried, well, if I'm writing it, then that's just gone. But what I discovered from writing is that writing is like solving the puzzle up front. And then the drawing is the further articulation of that problem solving and then so is the coloring it's more there's more stages to play with visual storytelling so it's just like i did really well drawing comics and i had a very good career and i'm very grateful um but i found the more control over my work i had the more opportunities for you know just kind of fleshing things out a little bit more you know when you're drawing you do what you can and you hand over to colors the colors will do a brilliant job and add something you probably couldn't have expected. But there is something very satisfying about taking something small and kind of fleshing it out and building it and developing it and, and seeing it right through to the end, except for the letters. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is, it's, 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 it's tough. It's, it's intimidating. Um, but I think I, I, I used work for higher comics to train myself to kind of develop my... Um, skill set and like I, I like the first story i colored of my own was the hulk one shot and that for me was i'm going to i'm going to color my own i've been doing coloring my own covers for a few years now but i'm like if i can if i could color this then you know i have a whole new set of things i can play with like why i'm using green here or little things like that it's really satisfying and then when i did that at marvel for a while i'm like ah oh, man i can't because i knew i was going to do all dog i was planning it i'm like i can't give this away to another colorist now i I'm really enjoying this side of storytelling, the color. And I, I'd be smarter just to give it to a colorist so the issues could come out faster, but I want to do it all. I want to, I want, I, I personally love when you see an artist or a writer, artist, colorist, just do everything. There's, um, it's a very, I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's a quote. There's a, there's just something to the work where it just feels more, it's more like a direct transmission from the artist's brain to you. I don't know if that if you feel that way. No, absolutely. 
Um, I thought your color work on Old Dog was great, too. I could really tell a difference in tone uh, kind of between the two narratives that you got going on in the first book. Uh, just looking at the panel, you could just tell by the color tones in it that, oh, this is when this and, you know, also you were nice enough to put the 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 date, the time stamps in it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's, yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I appreciate that because still, I'm still kind of a little intimidated when it comes to coloring because I know so many brilliant colorists and here I am thinking I'm great. But um, actually, a few people have said the color, like, I don't know, I think um, the worry with this is that, you know, I want this to be the best thing I've ever done. And, you know, everyone would probably say, what's the best thing I've ever done is Moon Knight. And that was a few years ago. So I'm definitely trying to up my game on this. And I think the coloring is part of that. I think um, taking it to the next level with, like, developing, you know, the, my storytelling with color as well has been, a, just, again, it's, it's, it's intimidating, but I find that any time I'm scared about something, it's a really good reason to do it. Um, if I'm feeling too comfortable about a project... That's not a good sign because there's something about the like, what if I fuck it up? <laughs> Forces you to kind of just really like go for it, you know? Um, so, and I don't know, I'm feeling like that on this. So I think I'm taking that as a good sign. Yeah, that fear can be a very good motivator. That, that you're a failure that'll push you to, to do that extra step. Because yeah, um, I can't hide behind like a really good writer or a really good <laughs> artist or a really good colorist, which I've done plenty of times before. <laughs> well, you're in the fortunate position that you are a really good writer. Um, I want to bring up your past work. I read Bog Bodies and it just blew me away. Oh, that, oh thanks, man. That, that story is very, very good. I finished it and immediately handed my Kindle to my wife and I was like, there's a new book on here and you have to read it. <laughs> like this is right I up your hope, alley. It's so I good. I hope she didn't mind swearing. Um, oh, no, no very she scary definitely book. does not. <laughs> okay. um, when she got no, when he handed it to her she said fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> and she's my target audience then um no, th- 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 thanks man that was i mean that the kind of project it just kind of not disappeared fast it was just it came out as the pandemic hit so like it kind of was a very weird time but um uh no thank you i'm really really like proud of that book uh, i don't know if you've seen um Read the closet, um, the James Tinian the image book, but that, that the artist from that did Bog Bodies previously. Um, he's an old student of mine actually here in in, uh, in, in Ireland, and um, I just wanted to kind of make a make another Irish project and just kind of I don't know, just do a nice little kind of short, sharp like thriller, um, and it came out great. I'm really I'm really really happy with that book. So yeah, thanks for checking out. Those are one of those projects that you know, you don't know how it's going to go down because it's like crime stories don't tend to do great in comics, even though I love, you know, I love my favorite comics are crime comics and Brubaker stuff. Um, but they're not massive sellers and it's set in Ireland and they talk funny. So I didn't really know how well that would go down either, but, but it did well. <laughs> the, those voices came through when I was reading it. It, it was, it, it sounded, you know, Irish in my head. I loved it. I'll go to when I sent the script to the editor, sorry, to the, to, to the editor of the book, she was like, I can just hear you here. So, she was, <laughs> uh, um, so with this book going forward, uh, do you have like a set, like how many total issues that this story could be if, let's say, you know, sales are, sales are great. Um, do you know how many issues you think this would go? Um, my, my going in, I was thinking three volumes, like three trades is a nice number. Cause you know, I kind of sometimes hate it when you like, 
I don't know, I remember when I was younger and I wanted to buy DMZ and I saw there was like 17 books. I'm like, Pfft. I'm not reading 17 books. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but at the same time, like Injection was supposed to be five and we only got to three. So kind of, and like, my, what I'd like this to be is kind of my Hellboy where I can just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, do a book and put it out. Like, I don't know how many of those there are. So the answer is no. I think... I was just thinking, if I could do three volumes, that would be a really nice, neat volume. And you know what? Go down and do a new idea. But I like working with other artists, too. So if this thing is kind of working out perfectly for me as an artist, then I don't see any reason to really stop. I mean, stop anytime soon, that is. Um, like, my kind of feeling is, because I've always been like doing work for hire stuff to help justify my creator-owned work. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of feeling like this book could be the creator-owned book to justify more creator own work you know if i can if i make a living doing old dog as opposed to a marvel book then i can use that kind of success to do more creator own stuff and if this book suits me perfectly then why do why draw anything else you know um but i mean i do there because because there's some other small things i'd like to do like the graphic novel and stuff but um i feel like if i'm doing six issues a year i can kind of work on other stuff and you know deliver this each year um, sorry, I'm, ra- I'm rambling now. I d- I'm not answering your question. Um, I don't. I don't know. If we, I. I think I could easily go beyond three. Um, okay. I probably though wouldn't want to go. I don't know. The more I work on it, the kind of the more fun it is. So, I think if it, if it's doing if it does very well, I'd definitely go more than three. I think maybe four or five. Yeah, because you don't want to drag it out either too long, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I know this is all. This is all in theory. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's all very theoretical. <laughs> The, we're, we're kind of introduced to very briefly uh, a, an agency mm-hmm. in this book. How expansive are we going to get in with that agency? Because I, I'm sure I'm just is it going to be more of a character kind of like driven story where it's basically we are just following Jack or are you going to expand upon this world that we're introduced to is there more to this world outside of jack that we need to really get to know that's a good question i would say yes there's more to jack the more sorry there's more to the world than jack um there's a character that appears in issue one as you know who is basically basically is the second character like you know i just didn't want to reveal them yes the story absolutely Um, but there's definitely a second he's a partner effectively going forward which will be more there's more character there and there is more to black circle um but i would say um, that's that's not for the first arc i think there'll be kind of development in the first arc but if i'd like to dig more into that but when you've got six episodes for lack of a better term i kind of felt that i need to lean into jack and show adventures before you start kind of taking left turns on stuff sure. um so I, i'd like to dig into more i'd like to dig into that more i just it's a matter of knowing how much space i have to do it so not in the first arc but the second arc definitely there's i would the way the arc ends as well there's more development there's definitely a sorry to answer your question there's more to than just jack it's leading with jack he's like 80 percent of each each um each issue but more will change and i'd also kind of like to do an issue that doesn't have them in it at all, or that's the kind of, again, that's the kind of fun thing about doing, doing episodic stuff is um, you could just take a character and do something completely different. That would be fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen, you know, Jason Aaron do that in Southern bastards where it's like, you're following one character and then the next yeah, yeah. issue, 
it's a completely yeah. it's a completely different <laughs> character that you're following. And it's just a stuff of the first arc is six issues. So for me, I'm kind of like I need to deliver six adventures. Yes, you know, like I could have done it as five issues and just had an arc because that's you know most books that generally tend to be five. But I felt that would be feel more like a trade than six than a season, if that makes sense. Like better to get six different stories rather than five different stories. And even with six different stories, I feel like, you know, since it's all so kind of action orientated, there's not a lot of real estate to kind of do a lot of character development. So for the first arc, especially, I felt like I need to dig in on Jack Mm -hmm. and his partner. And then kind of if I can sell that, then I'm I'm doing fine. So am I am I hearing that in each issue, are we going to be following maybe a different mission? In each yeah, issue, yeah. so it's going to feel very like episodic in that way. Yeah, like you know, if I was doing, like I said, yeah, I, I would do it differently if it was like a graphic novel. But like, if I'm going to do single issues in this way, I think I want to lead into the episodicness of it all. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're all every each issue is a different, a totally different mission. Um, maybe in future I could do a two parter or something. Like yeah. you know, that would be fun. Like I remember, you know, like in Star Trek, there would there would be like a big story would be two would be two um two episodes things like that but i think i need to establish a formula before i start messing with messing with it so um yeah the first six are six different different adventures i I personally think that it's a i think this is a great way to write this comic It, it i think it's the perfect comic to get then if that's what you're doing it's the perfect comic to get single issues for that's what i'm thinking yeah otherwise you know a lot of people are trade waiting so because I know myself personally, I'll read a book and then a month goes by and then I'll pick it up again. I'll be like, oh, gosh, I got to go back and read that previous issue because it's been a month yeah. and I've 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 watched so many things. I've read so many things. This is this like the way it's built episodically. It's like you can just jump into that next adventure with Jack and see what he's up to. So, yeah, my hope is if you pick up issue two, it's just as maybe not as engaged as kind of a hook to issue one to kind of keep you on board. But like, I want, if you pick up issue three, then you can read it and it's done in one issue and you can really enjoy it. Like I really, I like one shots. I like done in ones. Um, you know, like the, the book uh, time before time we're doing is very different. That's more of a, much more of kind of an ongoing narrative because it's a monthly book, mm-hmm. like no breaks or anything. And that's works for that form. Like I'm big into my format and writing for the format. Um, which is why, Again, the limitations of what I can do month to month informed the structure of what Old Dog was going to be. So that's, you know, I kind of want it to be that, like, you know, you re- you read an issue and you've no idea what's going to be the next one. And there there's something cool about that, you know. If, like, Old Dog can be an engine for where, you know, it's in the desert in one issue and then it's in the Antarctic in another issue. And I just... That, that's fun to draw because you're always yeah. drawing something new each time. And I think from the reader's point of view, it just drops you into the story as fast as possible, you know. Um, and I remember when we were doing Moon Knight, I really remember how exciting it felt when everybody was reading the new issue. Um, and the trade did really well when it came out, but, like, I think it's better to read them as single issues than is the trade. Um, now, I'm not saying don't buy the trade of All Dog. Please do buy the trade of All Dog. Uh, pre-order it, Amazon all the things but um that to me is like um you know that they're they're the they're the case files uh as it were you know that's where you put all your your things together i want i want the i want the issues to be appointment reading as much as possible now 
I have no idea if that'll actually happen to the point where I'm, I'm even like I'm gonna I've, I'm splashing out on having like cardstock cover because I wanted to kind of maybe even feel like a like a file yeah mission file rather I know it's like it's, it's a big reach but again I just kind of want to I want the issues to feel substantial or impactful rather than fodder for the trade that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I love the, oh, it, the, it was the Marcos Martin uh, variant cover is gorgeous. I absolutely loved it. Oh, it's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah, great. I pulled out all my, all, I, put, I, I um, cashed in all my favors for those. Yeah, there's a, a lovely Chris Samney one. Oh, uh, I love Chris Samney. Yeah, yeah, that one's great. Because um, his Black Widow book was definitely an inspiration behind this as well that black um, widow book you talked about doing just a book with you know no talking and all action that first issue of black widow that was exactly what that what happened in that first issue and yeah, it was fantastic because i was annoyed because i think i had just did a nick fury the nick fury serial and i did do a silent issue, a silent story with black widow in it and then i saw the chris somni issue i'm like oh, son of a it's so much better you know um, <laughs> Uh, I also have a Kevin Nolan cover for um, issue one, and I love like, Kevin Nolan's a hero of mine. Um, and we also have a variant that is like um, like an original drawing headshot. Like I, I did them here in the house. Like I did like a over like 150 head sketches on the cover, and that's being bound at the moment. So it's like one in 250 or something. But oh, like wow. you know, you can you can get an old dog with a sketch cover with a drawing by me. Like, because I've drawn them all already. <laughs> that is, that is awesome. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's cool. Like, I'd love it if, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, if Pratt Moore did that or if Daniel Warren Johnson did that, I'd be all over it, you know. Um, but yeah, and I've like oh, issue two. I've got a brilliant Greg Smallwood one. I don't know if you've seen that. That's amazing. Um, Elsa Charitier. Um, who else is doing variants for me? Um, uh. My mind's gone blank. Like, I just kind of called in all my favors. Like, everyone who I've been nice to for all yeah. my career, I'm like, right. We just had we just had Elsa Chartier on about a month oh, ago with Tom King talking about Love Everlasting. And, I mean, she's an amazing artist. And I think I bought four variant covers for that book. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, they were really nice variant covers as well, yeah. They were great. No, she's fantastic, yeah. So I think hers I first for issue two. I've kind of lost track of them now because I got them all so long ago. Um, actually, have yeah, I've got those. But um, uh, I just wanted to be like, I just know for me, I'm an art snob, but I just want to be like really, really great artists doing variant, variants for that cover. You know, I think it it feeds for the prestige of the book, mm-hmm. if, if that that makes sense. But um, um, yeah, no, sorry, I don't, I'm I'm just thinking about Chris Omni and Marcus Martin now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the headshot cover. That one was so good. I, I think you drew that one, right? The headshot one. Oh, the one of just his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Yeah, that's that's the A cover for issue one. Yeah, I just wanted to. Somebody said like it doesn't tell you anything about the story, which is fair enough. But I think like you just can't go wrong with a big grizzled, you know, mean face with the scar going through. So I don't know. I, I'm 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 pretty happy with that one. If you could compare Jack to one character in pop culture i don't care if it's comics movies whatever is there one character that maybe jack is kind of i don't know uh the closest to um i can't think of one i would say he's like a mix of i think 
um, Al Swearingen and Mike Ehrmantraut and um, Harry Bosch. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's not, I can't think of just one, but like there's a, just a little sprinkle of all yeah. these different characters. Like, the, you know, like I try not to make him too mean, but like he's not pleasant. Um, uh, he's harsh and he's, yeah, no, I can't think of one, but I think all those guys are a bit like, you know, capable, smart, mean as hell. Well, that's, that's a great answer because it's showing me that the character, the more we dive into future issues, is going to have layers, many layers. Yes. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of character stuff in, those, in that first six issues that, like, I'm, I'm excited to get to. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I was like, after the first issue, I, I, I don't know about you, Joe, but I was like, man, I want that second issue now. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm just finishing it now, so uh, soon. Um, if you could just but, hold uh, it up, I'll read it. Just hold it real still. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not. Let me see. Let me show you something. There's... Yeah. So in the second issue, he's uh, he's trying to find a. He's got to save a source from from getting murdered. So he's to yeah bust in and uh, save him and get him out of the, get him out of uh, Colombia as fast as he can. Oh wow! So that's that's in process stuff there. Yeah, so oh, we're gonna do, too cool. We're gonna be doing some globe trotting in this movie. It's like an Indiana Jones movie. We're gonna see that plane on the map moving. <laughs> but, yeah, look, I mean, I love yeah, like it's like the the third one is in Russia. Wow. You know? um, so we're gonna draw like kind of like brutalist buildings. Um, How many Boris's do you have? How many Boris's and Ivans do you have in that issue? <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think they have any names. I'm just trying to figure out some Russian swear words. Um, that's all. That's all I got in there. But. Uh, yeah, but I think I'm trying to remember. What, I can't even remember why we're in the. Um, one of them happens in Ameri- in the states. I think that's issue six. Issue five, actually. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking out loud there. Like, but you know, that's the that's the fun thing is like that first play- issue takes place in Germany um, and in the states, and like, yeah, you can just draw. If I want to draw some mountains, if I want to draw some desert, if I want to draw some like dilapidated buildings, that's that. It's it's great to it's a great motivator for like coming up with locations. It's like what do I want to draw? That's the best thing about <laughs> doing a creator own book is you get to do basically everything that you want to do. You've got complete control, and yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, I think that your your positivity is uh, is 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 being transmitted through the Zoom call here. Like I'm, and now I'm getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> Um, being that you are a, a writer and an artist, what what are some of your influences that have kind of turned you into the 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 creator that you are today? Um, from from a writing point of view, well, from both. Um, well, I'd say I've definitely got a kind of like a, a undercurrent of like mainstream comics. Like, um, you know, I grew up on, um, you know. Andy Cooper, X Men, Jim Lee, X Men, Mark Bagley, Spider Man. You know that's kind of like deep down in my DNA. But I would say, um, I think like Miller, Frank Miller. Like, it's this isn't interesting. Every other person's going to say this, but like, um, <laughs> like um, Miller and Miller and um, John Romita Jr.'s Man Without Fear. Just like it just did a number on my brain. Um, that's what I. That's just pure comics to me. Like uh, Batman Year One as well. Like those. A lot of Miller stuff. Um, Garth Ennis was huge. 
Um, I hope he never hears this, um, but like massive inspiration. Brubaker, um, Warren Ellis as well, which again mm-hmm. was very weird. I was working with him because I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but um, but like, uh, yeah, I'd like to think I'm a mate, like, but you know, as, as well from our, our point of view, like JP, I have a JP Leon piece behind me here. Um, Gore Parlov, um, uh, who else am I looking at like all the time? Those are not comics, those are just art books. <laughs> um, um, I think like a mix, I've got a good mix of kind of like superhero base with kind of ex- like more expressive, experimental kind of storytellers. So I think I've it, I've got a nice sweet spot where I feel like I'm doing stuff that's different, that's inspired by a lot of stuff that I've, 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 I've ingested. Um, and yet not going too wacky. Like I, yeah, like I'm like, you know, I'm more of a Gar Dennis than a Neil Gaiman guy. If that makes sense. You know, yeah, preacher sure. is my preacher is is my thing, not Sandman. You know, um, so like that's kind of my narrow views. Is I'm a fairly ground. My, my influences are kind of all come from a grounded place. Where I kind of like, man, I'm just. It's weird actually. That that is kind of where old dog is. It's, so I'm just analyzing myself. If you ask that question, <laughs> uh, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Um, but yeah, yeah. So I always fall flat with these answers because like my brain can't compute. But like, yeah, my my um. Yeah, I think my go-to influences are like somewhere between Garth Ennis, J.P. Leon, and like, yeah, Warren Ellis, and what the hell am I even putting in my head these days? Nope, those are all comps, so that would be me inspiring me. (laughs) (laughs) Forget that, cut that, cut that. (laughs) That's excellent. Uh, what, what's your preferred medium when you're doing when you're creating artwork? Do you usually draw stuff out on paper, or are you more of a digital guy? No, I, I hate digital. Um, I draw. Um, I don't know is your podcast a video one or not, but um, I so I will draw everything out on my my sketchbook. So this is a peak at issue two. Let's see. So I draw it all like um, seven point five by five millimeter little boxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are like your thumbnails for each page? Yeah, yeah. so I'll draw the whole book out like this. You know, if something isn't working, I'll redraw it in the... Butter. So I'll do that, and then I... So I'll work out the whole issue. Um, I'll scan it, blow it up on my computer. I'll trace the, the layouts onto the board. Pencil, traditionally, ink. Um, scan it and uh, do the rest on Photoshop. I, I, I like coloring in Photoshop because um, you have options, but like... I can kind of like I can do stuff and change my mind about it later on different layers because I, mm-hmm. I kind of like mess around a bit. Um, but when it comes to um, to drawing, like I just paper is is my thing. I I am um, I just it, it just puts me into my happy place drawing on paper. I'll, I'll I can't see me ever stopping. That's awesome. I love hand drawn comics, so that's incredible. But I it totally makes sense with the colors that. Makes total sense, and the lettering, yeah. <laughs> getting a letter. Yeah, yeah true. Oh, God, yeah. I don't know how people. I don't know how people. Or like, actually, I, I did hand letters and stuff before, which is why I think I hate it now. But um, uh, yeah, that to me is kind of like uh, it's the the main focus of it is, is on is on paper for me, and um, I like working with the limitations of paper. I like how it kind of forces you to make decisions. Um, now, saying that, you know, as a disclaimer, there's amazing digital work out there mm-hmm. it's just not for me personally you know um there's something about having the actual pages in my hands just it's it's it just does something to my brain where i can feel the work i've done rather than if it's all just sitting on a computer it kind of feels like it doesn't yet doesn't exist 
I think the textures come through a little bit more when the art originates on paper. There's a lot of really crappy digital textures that people are using that you can just see them a mile away and it drives me crazy. Of course, there's some people doing hugely innovative stuff, so it all balances out. But no, I, I same here. I think um, there's something to be said for how, how ink sits on a page and how, you know, Greywash takes it or how, like, the line delineates on a, on a page. It's, um, it's just the drawn quality really, is really attractive to me. Just as a reader, too, like, it's not that I can't read comics or drawn digitally, but, like, they... Um, it's like, so, you know, I can't put this guy down because he's amazing. Sean Phillips, where he did Kill or Be Killed digitally. And I loved the book, but he's drawing um, Reckless on paper. And I, I, I like way more. Like, it's just a quality. Is, is Sean Phillips a worse artist or better artist because of one or other technique? Absolutely not. But I know what one just kind of like, just feels more tangible to me, you know? It's a, good, oh. it's a, it's, it's a, a subjective um quality but but for me it goes a long way yeah like like i think of books like descender when you look at the artwork and that you can even like feel the grain of the paper yeah, in those yeah. panels and everything and it's mm. it's just fantastic but then you know like you look at saga with the artwork from fiona staples it's all digital and that's immaculate as well mm-hmm. so. yeah it's not you know I, I i'll make gross generalizations but then i'll walk them back immediately you know because there's always <laughs> there's always some examples of like showing you exactly can be done you know um but like uh yeah, I, I just just in general with digital stuff, it just doesn't it just doesn't grab me as much. But that's pure, it's a purely personal thing. Like, got a question back on uh, old dog. How mm-hmm. violent is this book going to possibly get? Uh, is it is the violence going to ramp up? It, I mean, it, I mean, there's headshots in this book. I mean, it's violent. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I'm curious is is it going to elevate as we get deeper into the series? It's a good question, actually. Issue two isn't too violent. There's like violence, but it's not too violent. Um, I would say I'm not really one to be gratuitous unless I think there's much reason to be, you know? Yeah. Um, um, but saying that, I do think that stuff can be quite fun as well. Like, I like body horror. I like, but I like drawing. I don't like, um, I'm, I'm a big scaredy cat. I don't like horror films. Um, but. <laughs> I, uh, I like drawing it a lot for some reason. So there's, there is an element of body horror stuff that will come into it. Um, but as regards like violence, um, I would say it will definitely happen, but it's not, it's not like, um, it's not like the authority where people are crushing faces every time, you know, sure. I would say I'm for me, less is more. I think with, you know, a guy with, you know, you would expect with his past as, you know, a spy and things like that, he would be more of a calculated, type of guy and not so when i think of like the ultra violence i think of people that maybe aren't as trained that just kind of make a mess along the way he's trained to kill and like he's more likely to snap a neck than he is to like yeah rip a guy's face open you know like john wick with the gun foo and he's you know just popping him in the head and that's it you know (laughs) pop him in the head and move on yeah, yeah. No, I mean, at the same time, he doesn't always have a gun. Sometimes he's using his bare hands. So, like, yeah. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's a very good question, actually. And um, now I think of it, like, I hadn't really thought about it that much. But I think um, it's not for, it's not a kid's book or anything like that. So there's definitely some kind of more graphic elements to come into it. But again, like, I, I wouldn't want to be too. Uh, I wouldn't be too gratuitous with the gratuity. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a great <laughs> answer. That's a great answer. Uh, in the first issue, we see uh, get kind of get catch a glimpse of of this you know kind of superpower if we want to call it that 
that he's gotten. Is is that going to be explored more? Or there, is there more abilities that he has that we haven't seen yet? How much is that going to be explored moving forward? That's a good question. Yes, there's more things you haven't seen yet, but it's not a case where he's getting new things. We'll just learn more and more about like what's happened to him as, as you know, on the outside, it just looks like he's kind of got superpowers maybe, but um, as the story goes on, we'll realize there's more to it than that. And there's limitations that come with it too. Oh, excellent. I, I love all the questions that you set up in this first issue because it does definitely leave you wanting more. And that was one of the things I was curious about is how, how is, I mean, cause this guy just finds out that he's got this. And then the next thing we know, we see him on a mission, but I'm, I'm really curious to see how that's all going to, to flush out in the end. It, it was just one of those things that you left hanging that, that really left me wanting more. Well, th- thanks, man. I mean, to, to a degree, that just kind of had to be how it was because, like, you know, like I said, the premise of the book is in the solicitation, you know, so it's not like that can be a surprise. So you kind of need, you need a surprise for a reader. You need a reason to hook them. I also didn't want it to be the case where, you know, you felt cheated because you don't know something. It's a fine balance of like giving you enough to like to keep a reader going, but not frustrating them. But at the same time, if I just answer everything up front, then there's nowhere to go after that. So I need yeah. to I need you to come back. But I want you to I just want you to feel satisfied with what you read, but but keep you interested, especially because they're one shot stories basically that don't initiate don't necessarily you know continue. It's not like issue two is part the next part of of issue one. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So and that's that's my slight worry is by doing self-contained issues that like if you read one you're not going to be compelled to come back. But I'm hoping I'm hoping that's I'm hoping you will. <laughs> <laughs> it left me like with like f- multiple questions, but three big ones right there at the end. Mm. You know, right there at the end, I've got like three big. I've got questions about him. I've got questions about someone that, you know, he's going to be working with. And then I've got questions about some technology. And I'm like, okay, these are questions that need answers. So Mm -hmm. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I would say none of those questions are answered in issue two because I'm a bastard. Um, (laughs) But but, but issue three especially will kind of dig into the partnership a bit. yeah, issue five and six kind of. Yeah, there's. I, I, I definitely want to answer questions as it as it goes. Because I'm sure the way that you're writing this, you are writing it because you want your readers to have these specific questions as as they're going on. Yeah, like I want. I guess I haven't thought. I want. Yeah, like like, like telling somebody isn't. The best way, just somebody telling us what somebody what a story is, isn't the best. Isn't the best way to do it. And there's, you know, you need to torture the reader to a degree to keep them keen. You know, you can't just give them what they want because you give it to them and then they'll be unsatisfied. You need to kind of slowly feed them, as it were. This is getting a little weird. Sorry. No, <laughs> no it makes no. absolute sense. <laughs> you know, it's just it's the nature of like, you know, storytelling is effectively, you know, tricking somebody into an enjoyable experience. (laughs) The best thing about, you know, uh, some of the best shows that have come out over the, you know, over the past few years are shows that we get together and we talk at the water cooler, you know, like 
it brings people together. So yeah. I could read this comic. Joe could read this comic. Joe could point out something that maybe I had missed, and and we can speculate. And then it's I like being wrong when I when I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is where it's going. And and I've already read you know Old Dog, and I've already made you know like I had already like been trying to figure out like what's going on with this character. Okay, what's going on with like these two different time periods and blah blah blah. And I'm asking myself these questions, and I think like. Books that make you think at the end of it are the best kinds of books and even the best kind of like movies. I remember leaving Prometheus and just wanting to talk to somebody about what I had just watched, you know? Yeah. Uh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I've been really excited to talk to you today because... I, 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 I had questions after that film too, like, why did I watch this? But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, uh, um, no I, know, I know what you mean. I, I, I tend to kind of not speculate about stuff because I just kind of, I just like waste till it comes out and, and, and read it but I actually had that experience recently with um, Better Call Saul um, the last season of that because uh, me and Rory uh, who writes Time Before Time with me were big fans of that series so every week we've been going like oh what's that episode what's this going on oh, yeah. man, like, how are they going to wrap this up like that's it's been really fun actually I haven't really had that experience in a while yeah oh that's one I gotta jump on I, I how I oh, watched man. I watched Breaking Bad when it was all collected and I finished it within a three week span and I was just like, that was the most amazing series ever. And so I now say, I, I'm going to watch. Called Saul, I'd say um, I'd spread it out a bit because okay. it's not as a high, high adrenaline a show as Breaking Bad ended up being. Yeah. It's way more kind of slowly paced and atmospheric. So I would like, I'd, you know, don't watch it all in like watch one a day for like a month or so. Like, I think, I think you'll enjoy it more if you savor each episode a little bit more. The problem with Breaking Bad is it would end on a climax and you had to watch the next one. Exactly. Whereas Better Call Saul is actually very differently done, but I, I actually prefer it to be honest. Well, uh, you know, anything that's going to give me, anything that's going to give me more Bob Odenkirk and uh, Giancarlo Esposito, I'm all oh, in. Oh man. Oh yeah. You're well, there you go. That's the one for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any like dream collaborations that you would love to do in the future? Uh, nah, nah. Just want to work with. <laughs> to work with the best, you know what I mean? Like, um, you're like, uh, people should be dreaming of working with me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in a weird place where, like, I've written some stuff now, so I know people who'd like to work with me as a writer. Which, to me, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not good enough to <laughs> to work with you. Um, you should be working with a better writer. Um. I no, definitely. I mean, a million artists. I just because I'm an artist, I'm a fan of so many artists. There's loads of artists I'd love to work with. Like I couldn't even name like one dream guy because I would be so intimidating. Um, but from a drawing point of view, I'd love to do a Garth Ennis story sometime. I'm such a fan of Garth's um, and Brubaker as well. Those are the two guys. Um, uh, are, like. I got to work with Warren, which was an absolute dream. And I like, I could never have imagined getting to work with Warren Ellis. Um, so I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, but if I'm not, if I'm not doing my own stuff, I kind of just want to work with somebody who I've been, a, who I've been, a, who was, a, you know, I, I've been a fan of since I was a kid. So yeah, we've like Brubaker or, or Ennis, if I was going to work with somebody else, because I've got to do, like, I've, I've got to work with Hickman and like Brian Wood and Warren and who else the last few years, like some, amazing writers like you know and um, so i'm kind of spoiled in that way so now only the best 
I loved what Warren Ellis did with uh, The Wild Storm. That's one of those series that I've gone back to and read maybe six or seven times. It's just in the John Davis Hunt artwork in it. It's spectacular. Yeah, you know, I mean, anything Warren has done is just, I actually just bought Symmetry Beach there the other day because Jason Howard artwork is amazing. And yeah, just incredible stuff. If uh, Old Dog were to be optioned for television or a movie, uh, is that even like on, is that a dream of yours? Is that something that you would like to see? That Would you like to see this work get adapted into some sort of a television show or a movie? Sure, why not? I could, I could, it'd be nice to buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, of course, it'd be savage, but like, it's not the, re- you know, um, it's not the reason to do it, but like, sure. I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be very naive to not consider the fact that like, if I have my own, my own IP that I've, I've put everything into, um, I'd to have the benefits of like turning into a show or whatever. Um, but I mean, I know the realities of that. Like it's such a, it's like, it's a lottery ticket beyond a lottery ticket beyond a lottery ticket. Um, so I just don't really think about it to be honest, but like, um, no, it'd be, it'd be class. I'd, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, no, 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 no. This work is too pure to be adapted. Um, <laughs> no, uh, adapt the fuck out of this thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard Brian Cavon talk about saga being adapted and he's like, I have made this comic book so bizarre and wild that it could never be adapted to film or TV. And I'm thinking, yes, you said this 10 years ago. Let's see what they can do in Hollywood in the next 15 to 20 years. And, <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, what, who'd have thought they could do Sweet Tooth or they could do, yes. Oh, just when I think, what the hell is even out these days? Like Sandman now, like, or like there's, they said very they said Watchmen couldn't be adapted for years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and they were right. <laughs> we we got. I I, I knew you were going to go one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> no, it could be adapted into a terrible, terrible, terrible film. But uh, 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 good, shots good, good fired. Good, good series though. Um, but yeah, no, like there's no point making a hard and fast route about this stuff. Like so, so, I mean, so much of it is act, this book is actually inspired by by TV shows and stuff, you know. So oh, yeah. like, you know, it's it's um, but like, you know, there's no point to trying to accommodate for that. Like I just like I, I I think comics are at their best when they're doing what comics can do. Yeah, and you know, let film TV catch up with that if they can. You know, best to look to them and like um. Uh, no, I'd, I'd love that. I mean, with all the Moon Knight stuff that happened with the, the Disney uh, show with having Mr. Knight in it, that was so cool. But like the same day, sorry, at the same time, it's not my, I don't own Moon Knight. So, you know, there's not much you really get from that. Mm-hmm. But like if something you that I wrote and drew and it was all mine got adapted, that would be incredible. But um, yeah, I think um, I'll just put my head down and just try to do a comic in the meantime. Absolutely. Um how much of the spy world and like spy tropes are you going to be throwing into the book? I'm actually kind of curious about that. Like you hear like, uh, um, you know, like, Oh, we got to find the antidote or we got to find the, the hard drive with all the information on it, the documents and, or there's the, uh, you know, the bomb that's going to go off and we're watching the, the, the time tick down and, uh, worried about our hero. Are you going to be throwing in a lot of the spy genre and those tropes? You know, in the first arc, I'm just trying to think, it's more street level than that. Um, yeah, it, the stakes are lower, okay. I would say. But uh, I would kind of like to go big at the same time. Like, um, say, 
yeah, in order for the kind of first kind of arc to kind of resonate for the characters more, I've kind of like gone um, more low key. Like I said, the first, the second issue, he's trying to get like a source out of um, out of Colombia. The next issue, he's trying to track down an old um, an old um, handler of his. You know, so the stakes are kind of more emotional, yeah, and smaller. But they, I think, at they by their nature, they will get bigger. I'd say in the second arc, things will get bigger like that. Yeah, I'm sure this. Well, I'm after reading the first issue. I'm sure our main character has a lot of questions about what's going on himself. Yes, <laughs> so yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah no, but like, I, I want to go to space. I do want to go to space at some stage. So you know, <laughs> you're, I want to build up to that. you're like the Fast and Furious franchise when it comes to that, <laughs> aren't you? He's going to drive a car. Yes. <laughs> Are we going to see a Fiero in space in the sixth issue? <laughs> uh, this, this is going to happen. Uh, no, I, mainly just because I want to. Uh, I want to do an issue that doesn't have a lot of backgrounds. So that'll be a real. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know you probably got to be, uh, you got to get going, but we, I, Joe, did you have any fi- a final question or anything? Uh, no, no, I just, thank you so much for your time. Uh, th- this was it's such funny, an exciting right? book to read and, and you're just a joy to talk to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's now, there we go. That's you at the end, getting, telling me how great I am. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you are part of the course. I'm, a, I'm an amazing artist, joy to talk to. Like I just, I've got it all going. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank, no, thanks for many guys. Like, I, I appreciate it. It's really, it's really, we, it's difficult to try and pitch your own book to an audience because nobody it's different when it's like Deadpool or something. Everyone knows who that is. Sure. Like trying to trying to sell a new idea without giving it all away. It's, it's a difficult battle. So thanks for helping me kind of yeah. you know and sail those waters. Appreciate it. This is it's coming from Image Comics. This is I'm very excited for you. It's creator owned. You're you're doing so much work on this book. I'm very excited for you. When was it's it when is the official release date again? September twenty eighth. September 28th. You can get this comic book at your local comic book shop, your LCS. You can go to, there's so many different comic book shops online that you can go through. I go personally through Gmart. I know there's Atomic Empire. You can go through a ton of them and you can create your own pull list. But this is definitely one that I would recommend putting on your pull list. A lot of people ask the question, like, when should I start reading comics? And like, there's so many different issues of so many different books. Where do I start? I always say start with the, you know, Image is always having a new number one come out. So, like, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this podcast right now and you like what he's saying about this book, I know Joe loved the book. I love the book. This is a book that you can easily add in your pull list and you can collect it from month to month. And I think you're in for a fun ride. So, yeah, this is definitely a place to start in comics if that's a question. That sounds smart. Yeah. Like what you're saying. I, I would also say um, if you're curious, if you go to um, DeclanShalvey.com, I have an issue zero on my website. So it's like an eight page old dog short story. Okay. So you can read it for free, but you have to solve a Declan Shalvey related crossword puzzle in order to gain access. That's That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. So if you go there now, you'll see under the drop bar says issue zero. So like, if you know, if you know what I've worked on before, you should be able to, uh, or you'd be able to Google the answers anyway. But I thought there'd be a fun way to give a preview story as to, mm. you know, cause it's a spy book. 
solve a little puzzle. But there's an original story in there, so you can get a taste for what the book is without without even reading issue one. I'm on it right now. It says number one across. Who is the best writer in all of comics? And it looks like Declan Shalvey fits perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for you. <laughs> But Declan, thank you so much. It's been a joy talking with you. And I seriously hope this book blows up and we can just have you complete this story because I am. Well, if it does, I'll I'll credit you for uh, making it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, you heard it. You heard it. Mark it down. Thank you, Declan. uh, Thanks a million, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Is it okay to go? I don't know when you're stop recording or. I'll hit stop right 